Welcome to the Industry Matters Podcast. With me today, I have the Director of VGM Wound Care, Heather Trum. Heather, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day to chat with us, and I'm excited to hear who you have decided to interview today. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mandy, and welcome, everyone. I'm Heather Trump, as Mandy introduced. Um, we have Yesenia Banks, the reimbursement manager for 3MKCI, and she is going to share some knowledge about uh, some of the recent changes that have been happening in the uh, wound care, healthcare environment. So thank you so much, Yesenia, for um, being with us today. I'm going to have you t- tell a little bit about your background. Sure. Thanks for having me. My name is Yesenia Banks. I've been involved in the healthcare field for over 25 years, specializing in claims, contracting, reimbursement, and training. I joined KCI in 2016 and assisted with the acquisition of the SNAP therapy system. It's a disposable negative pressure wound therapy system and integrated the reimbursement function. Uh, we were recently acquired by 3M last October. And so my uh, current focus is on customer reimbursement support, payer coverage for disposable therapy, and it also includes teaching and educating our customers and sales team on the recent home health and skilled nursing facility Medicare reimbursement changes um, that are known as PDGM and PDPM. Those acronyms seem to be very popular these days. Um, Let's just start out. There's a lot happening right now um, in the healthcare environment, specifically around reimbursement. Um, And there was, before the COVID pandemic, there was some reimbursement changes. But can you talk a little bit about, and we can talk about that in two groups if you would like, or they're kind of integrated now, but can you speak to some of the changes that have um, impacted our DME or HME members, durable medical equipment members, or home medical equipment members um, right now, and what will impact them? Sure. So what I'd like to start off with is um, I'd like to discuss some of the waivers that have been implemented during the pandemic that have allowed more flexibility during this time. Many of the waivers affect both uh, DME members and home health agencies. And so some of the waivers that affect DME members are the ability to replace lost, destroyed, damaged, or otherwise rendered unusable DMEs face-to-face requirements, a new physician's order, and a new medical necessity documentation are being waived at this time. Suppliers also um, need to remember to include a narrative description on the claim explaining the reason why the equipment must be replaced and are reminded to maintain documentation indicating that the DME item was lost, destroyed, damaged, or otherwise rendered unusable or unavailable as a result of the emergency. Medicare is also pausing the National Medicare Prior Authorization Program for certain DME items during this time. That's important to note. And CMS is also waiving signature and proof of delivery requirements for Part B drugs and DME when a signature cannot be obtained because of the inability to collect signatures. Some of us have heard um, that FedEx and and UPS and and, um, are, are delivering to the patient's uh, door and um, not requiring that signature. So CMS has allowed a waiver of that proof of delivery requirement. 
Now, there should be documentation in the medical record, the appropriate date of delivery, and that a signature was not able to be obtained because of COVID-19. One other waiver is related to signature and orders. DME items except for power mobility devices can be provided via a verbal order. The signature is required prior to submitting a claim for payment, but the order can be signed electronically. So it's important to know that there, this information has been very fluid. There's been a lot of changes because of the pandemic. Um, I would highly recommend going to CMS.gov. They have done a very good job of listing the waivers by specialty and by service and by benefit. And so I highly recommend to keep up to date with all of the waivers that have been implemented on that website. Great, thank you. And we also at BGM have a website that also is constantly updated. We'll have that at the end of the um, podcast, too. I'll give you, give you that uh, website detail. Do you see these changes, the temporary changes that, we, that you just chatted about, do you see those becoming permanent after the health care constraints are lifted? So it's difficult to say, and I've been trying to stay up to date with all of the webinars that are offered, but it's difficult to say whether these changes are going to be permanent. As you know, as I mentioned, this information is fluid, so it's important to stay up to date on all of the changes. Um, one of the resources that I also would recommend is the National Association for Home Care. They have uh, webinars that have been uh, able to stay up to date with the latest changes, but it's difficult to say at this, at this point if some of these changes. I know one of the changes that has been great, and we'll, we'll talk about in a moment, is the, um, the ability for non the non-physician practitioner authority, and we'll talk about that. But as far as the other waivers and changes, it's hard to say whether these changes will be permanent. Yeah, it is. I guess time will tell. Yes. Now, what does it mean, in your view, targeted to our wound care community? So our wound care community uh, is home medical equipment providers that are providing some type of wound care to their to the patients, to their customers. And that could be, they could be delivering uh, dressings or negative pressure wound therapy or compression, pneumatic pumps, therapeutic support services. We consider all that wound care. How will this affect that? So it's going to be important to stay up to date as to how long these waivers will take place. You know, with the current waivers that have been implemented, it's so important for our um, HMEs to stay in constant communication with their home health customers to make sure that they are coordinating care, determining the best course of treatment for the patient's wound, and making sure that they have support, that they have the education needed, depending on what treatment the home health agency has chosen for that patient. So very important to stay in constant communication. We know that through this pandemic, some care has been fragmented. There's some, um, it's not always the best communication. So I think that needs to be a goal is to make sure that the HM customers have the support that they need during this time. All right, perfect, thanks. I know um, you, you just mentioned it just a little bit ago, but this has been a huge win for the wound care community because I know as a WOCN member, Wound Apnea Incontinence Nurses Society member, we have been fighting for a long time for 
nurse practitioners uh, and PAs and certifying their specialists to have more privileges in the home. And with this whole, uh, the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 pandemic, uh, can you talk a little bit more about what it means uh, to have those three healthcare professionals that impact, the, the positive impact that has occurred with sure. them? Sure. So the CARES Act included a new mandate that allows for home health patients to be under the care of a non-physician practitioner, an NPP, to the extent permitted under state law. And that's something that's important that I'll mention again. This means that NPPAs and CNSs will have the same authority as physicians to order home health services, establish a review plan of care, certify, and recertify a home health eligibility. It is very important for home health agencies to watch for any state licensing that will prohibit the NPPs from gaining this new authority. One reference or uh, one website that I've gone to that provides a little bit more information on the scope of practice limitations is called scopeofpracticepolicy.org. That information has um, the practice limitations by state that you might find helpful. But this change through the CARES Act is a permanent change. And CMS said it is permanent, however, they're going to need to implement this new guidance. Um, but it does expand that flexibility. It does allow these NPPs to care for that patient, to coordinate the patient's care. So this is a big win in the wound care um, in the wound care community. And you know the good thing is that it is permanent. But just make sure that you're looking at individual state scope of service life, scope of practice limitations. Perfect. Thank you. And we see this as a good thing um, in the home care world. How do you? What, what would you add to that? Why is it such a good bill that has been uh, passed that where these three um, healthcare professionals can now be in the home state? So it's gonna it's gonna allow flexibility with patient access. It expands the provider specialties that can care for that patient in the home space. And so this is a great change. I know that many home health organizations have been asking for this, um, but, it, but it, is, it is a very good change in the wound care space. Um, and again, you know, CMS has said, you know, just be cautious. It is going to take time to implement. So just stay up to date with any individual state limitations, but it does allow more flexibility in this area. Great. Thank you. All right, now back to more acronyms. <laughs> We've heard a lot of this year are PDPM and PDPM. So can you talk a little bit about what those two acronyms mean and what they stand for? Sure. So let's start with PDPM. PDPM stands for Patient Driven Payment Model, and it's the new Medicare Skilled Nursing Facility reimbursement structure. PDPM went into effect October 1st, 2019, so they've been up and running um, for a while. And PGM stands for Patient Driven Grouping Model. This is a new Medicare Home Health Reimbursement Structure, and that went into effect January 1st. And poor home health agencies were just in the midst of getting acclimated to this big change when we you know, went into this pandemic. So they've really been hit hard with implementing all of the changes 
related to PDGM and now, of course, adjusting to um, the, the different changes within this pandemic. So PDPM stands for Patient Driven Payment Model, and that's the new Medicare Skilled Nursing Facility Reimbursement. And PDGM is for Patient Driven Grouping Model, and that is a new Home Health Medicare Reimbursement Structure. Can you talk us through kind of um, what changes have taken place and what does it mean? What are the advantages and disadvantages of these two grouping models? So the biggest advantage is that I will tell you for PDPM and PDGM is their structure now allows an incentive to provide care to wound care patients where in the past they were seen as a risk. And they were seen as a risk because the reimbursement just was not there to provide optimal wound care. PDPM is a new Medicare structure for SNF. And under PDPM, which is the Skilled Nursing Facility uh, Payment Structure, one of the things that I want to mention is therapy minutes have been removed as the basis for payment in favor of resident classification and anticipated resources needs during the patient's stay. The new assessment or the new PDPM, and that's the SNF reimbursement, their five-day assessment when they assess the patient based on all of the different assessments and allowances for the different wound types can pay for the entire stay. The three-day reimbursement factor, um, and, and let me just back up a little bit and say that the first three days are paid at three times the rate than the rest of the care period. And so SNFs really have an opportunity to get advanced treatment started for that patient knowing that they're paid at a higher rate for wound care patients than the rest of the day. So working with their HME on what that best treatment option is for the patient will be important. The same, it's similar to PDPM. PDGM is the most significant change for home health providers in the last 20 years. Some of those changes in the PDGM world and the home health world include episode of care timing, reimbursement incentives, admission source impacts, and visit per episode impact. Like the skilled nursing facility world, there is no longer reimbursement for physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy, and there's not reimbursement for non-standard supplies. The intent of PDGM, this is in the home health world, is to better align reimbursement with the patient's needs. And it relies, the PDGM structure relies heavily on diagnosis coding, on the assessment data, and additional data such as the patient's comorbidities to determine the payment period and how the home health agency will be paid. PDGM is seen as another step towards value-based care. And I do want to mention again, these two new structures in the SNF world and in the home health world have really allowed for a higher reimbursement for wound care patients. In fact, in the PDGM world, the wound care clinical grouping, which we'll talk more about in a moment, is the highest reimbursed clinical grouping within that PDGM structure. Thank you for explaining that. Again, there's, there's a couple of... Um, definitions that are hard to understand. Can you explain a little bit more about clinical grouping 
functional impairment and the comorbidity adjustment because I know those are attributes that are also uh, related to this new reimbursement plan. Sure. So within the PDGM structure, which is the home health reimbursement structure, there are 12 clinical groupings. We'll start by discussing clinical groupings. The patient's primary diagnosis is going to determine the clinical grouping that will be chosen for that payment structure. So the patient's primary diagnosis is going to determine the clinical grouping. It's important to note that there's 12 groupings and wound care clinical grouping provides the highest reimbursement than all of the other clinical groupings. Now, the functional impairment uh, level is determined from the OASIS response. And this has to do when a home health agency goes out to a patient's home, they assess the patient, and several, um, a lot of information is captured. Can the patient feed themselves? Can, can the patient dress themselves? Are they a hospitalization risk? So based on that assessment, there's a functional impairment level that is determined, and that is is part of the formula that calculates how a home health agency will be paid. So it's part of that formula for the 30-day payment. And comorbidity adjustment, it's real important to, to know that the comorbidity adjustment, which is also part of the PDGM formula, can impact that 30-day payment by 20%. And so let me talk to you about the comorbidity adjustment. There are three comorbidity adjustments, none, low, or high. It is very important for a home health agency to list all of the comorbidity diagnoses on a claim form. In fact, they can list up to 25 diagnoses on a claim. None comorbidity adjustment is if the patient does not have any comorbidities or, meet, or one that meets the criteria for a low or high comorbidity adjustment. Low is if the patient has a secondary diagnosis that is associated with a higher resource group, and high is that the patient has two or more secondary diagnoses that um, would require higher resource use. Again, the comorbidity adjustment can increase a home health agency's payment by up to 20%. So it's so important to make sure that they're listing the other ailments, all of the other resources that will be needed to care for that patient as a whole, not just maybe a wound, but all of the other comorbidities that are involved with that patient's care. Great. Thank you for explaining that. And how that could tie into a home medical equipment company and some of the advantages that they bring to the table in regard to that is they provide, you know, a lot of, they provide excellent products and they also provide excellent support, resources, and education. So, you know, I, I thank you for explaining a lot of this, but what I'm hearing you, hearing you say, too, is, you know, the, the HME can really play a huge part in this whole, whole continuum of care with these new reimbursement standards in place. Well, it's important to know that home health agencies are paid a higher rate in the first 30-day period, and so it is so important for um, the HME, HME members to work with their home health customers to make sure that they are educated, that they're supported, and that they're trained on the different products that they're using 
because the reimbursement after the, the first 30 days does go down. So that's to get that care started and implemented so that the patient is treated um, and then discharged, eventually discharged, so that the home health agency has the resources available to take on new patients. Great. Thank you. This is great information. It helps me understand how it's tied, you know, how the reimbursement is tied to the diagnosis and the, all the, the groupings, the clinical groupings, and all, all the all the complicated um, terminology associated with, the, with each of the reimbursement, the new reimbursement uh, guidelines. So thank you so much. Is there anything else, any other topics you would like to add that you feel are relevant in regards to the HME community and wound care that you would like them to know about. Just, you know, I would recommend during this pandemic to make sure that you are referring to TMS.gov, and I know you have a resource available, to make sure that you're staying up to date. Um, you know, I know there have been days that I have felt overwhelmed with all of the information that we're getting. It seems like we're just drinking from a fire hose with, staying up to date with what's allowed, what flexibilities are in place. So just make sure that you're going to CMS.gov, that you're going to um, the VGM resource that you're going to provide to stay up to date on um, what is available and, and, you know, and just to make sure that you're implementing the changes that are currently taking place. Great. Thank you. And I have that website. It's www.vgm.com forward slash coronavirus. So that is the website that you can go to for the for the most up-to-date information as it relates to you, the home medically equipment provider, in regards to the pandemic that's happening. So www.vgm.com forward slash coronavirus. And I would also like to mention that we do have a wound care portal that we just relaunched. And so we have a lot of tools, a lot of resources. There's education on there as well. So we have a lot of resources. If you don't know where to start, like Virginia said, you know, reach out to one of us and we will get you to where you need to go. So, Yesenia, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us today. It's been very helpful. Mandy, is there anything closing you would like to add? No, I think you ladies covered everything. Thank you again so much for your time and the valuable resources you both provide. Great. Well, thank you, everyone.